Neil, can you hear me, brother? I can hear you, man. Hey. Good, man. Nice to meet you, man. How's it going? Nice to meet you. We are live, by the way, brother. <laughs> Straight fucking in it. Right? Straight fucking into it, brother. We don't <laughs> muck around around here. <laughs> you don't fuck around. No. Like, okay, we're going to be like a couple of minutes. I'm going to be chilling out. And would you like, you've got a cup of water in here. Like no, straight fucking in there. All right, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 it's really great to meet you, brother. How have you been? You too, as well, man. I've, yeah, I've been great, actually. Um, I'm very blessed. Uh, I've got vaccination and my pandemic has been, I mean, we've all had like people that have had it and, you know, lost and stuff like that but i i gotta say i'm i'm pretty grateful for my life i mean i've had a good a good run of things compared to a lot of people in the world especially now a lot of people are still suffering incredibly so so i feel incredibly blessed and and lucky to be in a good place and my you know close friends and family are all safe and well and yeah it's i'm, I'm okay you're yeah, based out of how are you doing um I, we're going good we've been out of um sort of lockdown and that for a while now in australia we've got a handle on it but again not as many people yeah. down here to worry about. Are you are you based in LA? Um, so I, I have a few bases. I'm based in LA and also London. Yeah. So I actually I actually was in Tokyo. I've, it's been a while for years, to be honest with me. I've been very lucky. Um, I was doing like four or five different projects simultaneously, pretty much, including like consulting on a few projects as well, because I'm, I'm a former director and consultant. And I was going from LA to Tokyo to LA to Hungary to Japan again. And it was wild. I, I literally landed wow. back in the UK uh, two days before the UK lockdown. And uh, and actually, I have work here anyway. So funnily enough, I haven't been back to LA since, but I'm looking to go. Hopefully, the end of the year, I'll be back in LA. But it's so you're trip. always on a plane before the pandemic. Yeah. To be honest, I'm I'm peripatetic, man. I'm a nomad. So <laughs> oh, really? I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I like being able to see a lot of the world. It's important. I think for all human beings, if we're lucky enough to be able to have the ability to travel, to meet other people, to meet the others that are out there in the world, to not just get too closed into our own environment and think that that is what life is because it's not. Mm. So I'm very blessed that I've, I've always had itchy feet. My mother used to say I had itchy feet. I was always moving. Um, that I ADHD, that. I was undiagnosed. One of the two, I don't know. <laughs> My mum didn't do a lot of her diagnosis stuff. So one of the two. So, um, the, yeah. So you're, a well, a you're well-traveled. That means you've been to Australia, yeah? yeah? I have been to Australia. Oh, babe, yeah, yeah. there you go. I have been to Australia. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I was. I was in Sydney. I was in uh, I was in a tiny little town called Dollar in the middle oh, of the yeah. <laughs> middle okay. of the outback. Why were you there? Where, why was I don't know, man. I, 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 like, I like moving around. You, know? you really are. So a I was there. I got yeah. I got this dollars in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's nice, nice people. Um, yeah. The main when I was there, this is going back some time. When I was there, the main attraction was the drive-through McDonald's. Like that was like the thing <laughs> of the town. And I went swimming in a, like a freshwater uh, reservoir. Yeah. And I, all the people I was with, the Australians, um, I got to know about the Australian wave thing. Oh, like, yeah, I just yeah. used to eat under blankets. That was like how I ate. It was just like <laughs> I did not eat outdoors. Um, and so I went swimming one day. <laughs> so I was halfway, literally halfway across this enormous fucking reservoir, and somebody just shouts in the shoreline. I can't remember who it was now. He goes, uh, "Oh shit! It's a croc!" <laughs> I was like, "Excuse me!" Like what? A crocodile? They did not. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking? They did about? not really. Yeah, they did. I fuck. I swear. You're not I'm, making I mean, this up. No, I'm not making it up. They screamed crop. Oh I just freaked out. 
because I'm fucking British, what do I know? <laughs> I just went straight for the shoreline. And even though they were laughing, I just thought they've got a morbid sixth sense of humor. They're just laughing at me about to be eaten. Like, that's funny <laughs> to them. And until I realized it was a gag and there's no crocs on the water. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like Australia a lot, though. I was in Sydney, Melbourne, uh, and Dollar. <laughs> I think I you're the only guest I've ever had that's been there. Get the fuck out, really? Australia's cool. No, no, not Australia, but... Um, oh, right, dollar, yeah, yeah. Dollar's a whole other trip. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, was your, how was your 2020, mate? How did you go through that <clears throat> year? Yeah, so I started 2020 in India. Um, I then went straight out to... Uh, I was in LA for a while, finishing up uh, RE Village, which is great that we can talk about it now. Um, and then I went straight to Tokyo. I was working on an animated film, which is really cool. Uh, doing like consultation and action directing and things like that with working with the director and performing as well and then that was the, it was the end of this crazy whirlwind few years where I just didn't stop my feet barely touched the ground and then I landed back in the UK and of course everything hit and everything was like strange and weird and for me it was unusual because I had to I went from running all over the planet to suddenly stopping dead um, mm. which was interesting actually I have to say that was um, it wasn't bad it was different. Um, obviously, the main thing was worrying about how everybody is going to be and how the world's going to be and all that stuff, like everybody on the planet, you know. Um, but weirdly, within a month or so, I had April off. And then May, because the work that I do, I specialize in now, um, we were back in the studio in isolation, but we were still working. I was working with uh, Rebellion on something I can't talk about. I was playing five different characters in one scene, for instance, which wow. you can do in performance <laughs> capture. You can do that. Oh, so, not many people um, could do that. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a few. <laughs> I can do that. So, yeah, so you I specialize can. in multi-role. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But I specialize in multi-role. And for us, it was like, we can be safely in the volume. Like we're a good 20 meters away from the bank of technicians at some points. Uh, we can do stunts in isolation. We can oh, so you can. So you can go in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we could. We were getting there from May onwards. And also I was on, I'm on Baldur's Gate 3, which is a real trip, playing a great character. And we were in the booth pretty much, I think, June onwards, July, we were back in the booth. That's a long, that's a long game. I've been doing that for like a year and a half now, I think. Yeah. Um, so I've been working kind of not the whole way through it, obviously. There was some months there was no work at all, like everybody. Uh, but I feel incredibly blessed and very grateful to everybody that gives me a gig. And the fact that I could do some kind of creative work really helped me, I think. Uh, but I feel a lot for the actors out there that were in theatre heavily or mm. were on TV series or films that just suddenly shut down. And that must have been really hard for a lot of people, especially in theatre. Um, so we've always been trying to, I have a production company as well. We try to be very pro-actor and try and champion people that haven't had much exposure, for instance, or try and get them into games because that's our big thing at the moment. So yeah. so, so for people that don't, what, what don't you do, mate? So you, you, you're an actor, voice actor. Uh, I don't ice skate. Capture, I'm not a very good ice skater. I'm you're not terrified an ice of skater. ice skating. <laughs> no, terrified of it, man. It scares. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I'm an actor. I started off in theatre, film, and television. Uh, I got into games and performance capture and voice about 11 years ago when nobody wants to do mocap and performance capture, uh, which is like basically wearing lycra. Basically, you're naked in lycra with big balls. Hold on. Right? Can I stop you there? Why did no one? Because yeah. that was the future. Why would no one want, want to do yeah. that? They just they just had short vision. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate of other people's points of view, but 
at the time I had friends, uh, then agents, um, even like lovers and things like that telling me, don't do it. It's going to ruin your career. Nobody, it's, it's like a, it's not considered an art form and games weren't considered, um, which is wrong by the way, but games okay. weren't considered to be the same level as TV and film and all that kind of bullshit. But, um, I'm a gamer anyway. I've been since I was like eight. And I, I know that the narrative structure and story in games was getting better and would get better and fidelity yeah. of graphics were getting better. Therefore, therefore, performance must be more nuanced. And for me, when I first saw performance capture, which was a mocap, it was in an article um, with Audio Motion, Audio Motion in, in Oxford, who've done amazing stuff for like the last 25 years. They gave me my first gig. And they put me in touch with Ubisoft and I did Ghost Recon and Future Soldier. And the second I stepped into that volume, I saw it was theater and film. It just it instantly made sense to me. I instantly got it. I have a background in both those things ex extensively anyway. So the second I stepped into the volume, for me, it was like, I completely understand this new, it's a new craft. It's a new technique. Mm. So the people I was working with, of which there aren't too many left still working as performers. A lot of them moved into other things or retired. A few are still around. Um, but we all talked about it. We all talked with uh, Brian Mitchell, who's the head of Audio Motion. We worked with Imaginarium, worked with Century 3D. We, we talked all amongst ourselves about this is the future of storytelling. It's interactive for the player. It uh, has branching narratives. Even then, there were different ways of ending a game, for instance, ending a story. Um, we saw that you, essentially you could play anybody. You weren't going to be typecasted in the same way that you were in TV and film. So that people that would never play the heroes but had a great voice and good movement, could now play the heroes. And people like me, who always typecasted as very specific roles in TV and film, I was allowed to become a character actor, mm. which for me was just fucking ah, golden. I was given better roles in some respects because they were more varied away from what I looked like in games that I would never get in TV and film. So it's exactly me, what Troy Baker said when I had him on. Troy's cool. Troy and I have met. I have like you? Troy. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to work with Troy. Oh, Apparently, I'm like his evil twin. <laughs> you really would. Thank you. Troy, somebody that we were with, we were having drinks in London, actually, and somebody commented that we're like, we're kind of, we're so similar in many ways. So I, I think I'd be the evil one, the evil twin. That makes more sense. <laughs> Troy would be the hero. I'd be the, the evil twin. I think that <laughs> I'd work with him in a heartbeat, man. He's, he's amazing and, yeah. and, and inspirational as well. You know, he's a great actor. But you've spoken to him. Yeah, he's cool, right? He's cool guy. He is cool. Um, Lee Bird Bro here says, Neil, do Nikolai <coughs> Eisenberg and Nemesis. Now, I'm not going to make you do them all, but we will talk yeah, about all awesome. three. <laughs> yeah. we can talk about it. we can do all three I, I i know that you can switch on the heisenberg voice like that i've seen you do it right right, right. okay and so, well uh, nikolai was fun as well i liked playing nikolai yeah it was a that was a fun character all man. three man i mean how blessed yeah. just to stay in this franchise in in each game yeah, yeah. it was a it was a bit of a trip because i wasn't expecting to be called back in for duty again and yeah. so, I mean, Steve Knebley, who's an amazing actor's director and an amazing director and super talented, he and I have worked together like four or five times now. So we have like a little mini mocap family of actors that he knows the capabilities of and he loves working with and we love working with him. So although we still audition, we never, no, I don't ever get anything for free. It's always auditions, no. or, you know, meetings and that kind of stuff, right? As it should you be. You earn your place, yeah. So you earn your place, brother. Absolutely right. So with Steve, he's got such a good sense of what the actor's capability are that if you, if he says, right, I want to put you up for this role, it's because he, you know that he knows that you can do it. Mm. So all you've got to do is show your work. But to be called back in very soon after doing three, I was, yeah, I was really delighted and surprised. 
And no, I don't think anyone else would fit the role of Heisenberg. Maybe Nicolas Cage. Oh, bless him. Yeah, actually, I got called out on that. And actually, it's true. I actually stole a bit of Nick Cage for Heisenberg. Oh, I I would say you stole it. No, I just, you know, a little, I squeeze a little of the homage. Marrow. <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. I said this before in another interview. I don't know what it is about Nick Cage. I can't tell if he's like the best actor of his generation, like 30 years ahead of his time, or he's he's just fucking mad. I, can't I think it's out. the second. <laughs> I don't know. Either he's like amazing or he's a crazy person. I just, it's one of the two, right? Oh, um, yeah, I yeah. referenced, I, I do tend to like look at real world people for habits and i don't know just i like playing around with different people real people and then just sort of like slotting them in i looked at carrie grant and jimmy stewart as well and uh yeah. I threw, threw a dash of all three of them together and birthed so did that voice come out straight away <clears throat> no that took I, I was actually i was working with creative assembly and i was um in a really dingy appropriately dingy hotel in uh, <laughs> near the studio when i did the audition for those roles and they gave me a chance to go up for chris redfield i didn't know it was chris redfield i was like and i looked at it was like that's chris redfield there's no fucking way they're gonna give me that <laughs> so, so i was like yeah. and heisenberg was like a was like a nice distraction from something i was really struggling to get because um jeff shine who's incredible yeah amazing, awesome. talented he is the only person in my eyes that could play Chris Redfield. He's he's so talented. So when I'm looking at that, it's like I'm struggling with this one. So Heisenberg for me was like, well, I can just have fun with this character because I can I know definitely understand it really well. So Heisenberg was all the only note I had for the voice was transatlantic. Um, transatlantic. And, yeah, it basically means it's what the old. It's like Cary Grant. He's a British guy who was called Archie Leach, buggered off to Hollywood. And then developed this kind of like American twang. Uh, so Heisenberg has a transatlantic accent, essentially. So he sort of talks like that. And I, that's why I referenced Jimmy Stewart a little bit. He's not transatlantic, but he has this sort of nice little stuttering thing. Cary Grant was definitely an inspiration. And then throwing Nick Cage. In there somewhere. <laughs> melting, melting it like cheese. Nick Cage cheese all over the top, right? <laughs> so, you know, you end up with this kind of Heisenberg thing, you know, kind of. Oh, I love kill it. that boulder punching ass. <laughs> right. So things like that. And then on top of that, I also, the fact that he was a machinist and a tinkerer, mm. I, I, I kind of drove in this sort of like gravelly, almost like cogs knocking against each other kind of quality that you see in the family moment when, um, you know, when, yeah. <clears throat> it's really, it's hell on my throat. Actually, so I shouldn't do it too much, but he says stuff like, uh, what was it? How's the line go? Um, um, Let's see what you're really made of, Ethan Winters. So he's just sort of drawing yeah, those from a different pitch, gravelly thing. Yeah. yeah, gravelly thing into a more smoother kind of almost louche, laissez-faire kind of like transatlantic Cary Grant. You know. Yeah. So I played around a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. XM Fox says your voice is perfect. <laughs> um, there's people here that are very big fans of Detroit Become Thank Human, you. which I will geek oh, out cool. with you about that later. Yeah, uh, man, that was great. Game. Everyone loves yeah. this voice, man. It's uh, Thank you very and the much. performance. You. Did you did you expect this sort of fan reception and people to like the character? Because he is supposed to be a villain. You know, he's not supposed to be liked. <laughs> as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, man. I, here's the thing: I've, I've made a great, wonderful, grateful career out of playing villains. But I don't see them as villains, man. I just see mm. them as people that are doing their thing. You know, I think it's that all actors like talk about this, right? You can't play villain. You can play 
a motivated human being with very little morals, <laughs> but you can't really play a villain because you end up like you know twirling mustache and shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I like playing the darker characters because they they're not bound or shackled by the rules that the hero is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can play anti-heroes, obviously, and like I'm playing a Starian in Baldur's Gate Three. That is definitely an anti-hero. But um, a lot of the people I play who are the antagonists. A, you're not carrying the story, which is a great relief as an actor to not have to carry the story. And, you know, Todd and Todd Solly did an amazing job. You know, he's, he's a lovely guy to work with as well. I've got a lot of time for Todd. Um, so villains have that freedom. Uh, and also you get to really push the boundaries of what is okay. So, like, you can do what you ought not to do in a, in a character because you're never going to get away with that in real life. So I really enjoy that aspect of freedom of... You know, he can be, the Heisenberg can flip on a dime. He can offer up the proposal and then push you down the hole. And that makes total sense to the character. Whereas, you know, a, a hero character, to do that, it would have to be something quite a stretch for him to just suddenly drop somebody that was no longer useful to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I kind of enjoyed that with the characters. And yeah, I really like playing villains because you get that kind of freedom, you know? Most people would say that's their favorite scene. I actually like the scene, the one-on-one oh. with with Todd, with Ethan. That was mm. my favorite scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That what? was towards the end of the game, right? You yeah, yeah. Towards, towards the, the end, yeah. just when you're heading yeah. into the factory. That scene. Yeah, yeah. There's some nice stuff in there, man. We it was weird because we we shot it like over two sessions, I think it was, and then I had to do an ADR session in LA at Formosa. And then I had to do an ADR session during the pandemic in my home studio uh, in my place here in London. And wow. that was interesting because they'd actually padded out a lot more stuff for him to do because they, huh? they kind of dug what the direction we took him in. So the boulder punching arsehole was definitely a, a love letter to the fans. Oh, yeah, that was and, awesome. And that was, yeah, it was really, I didn't, because I didn't understand the reference. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, a boulder pinching? What? What the fuck? Why is he, why is he pinching boulders? I don't mean fucking sense. So they told me about like it's RE five, I think, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah, that was like it was like a nice it was, they literally said we just want to put it in because we we want the fans to know that we love them and we dig it and yeah. it's, you know, so they, they had to say we'll say this and it's a reference that some people will get, some people won't, but the people that'll get it hopefully will really like it. So, so it's probably nice. the I best mean, I Easter like the in the game, actually. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, no, cool. yeah, it's awesome. Um Heavy, heavy, oh, heavy. Thank you very much for asking me on. I really appreciate it. Thank hey, you. thanks for coming on. I really yeah, appreciate pleasure. it. Uh, Heavenly King says Donna was sexy, man, and Heisen was easily my favorite character. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. The Macho. I wish Akinda. I could say the hat was my idea, it wasn't Oh, really? Oh, you, <laughs> wore, you my... wore the hat in uh, mocap, didn't you? You had a little hat. Yeah, that was interesting. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I turned up day one, and Steve, and Steve and I are actually like, really close friends as well as like we work together, right? So he just comes up to me and goes, you're wearing this. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, okay, I'll go with it because you say so. But what the fuck? You know, it was great. It was very useful because... What it allowed me to do was also play, because until that point, obviously, I didn't, I didn't actually quite know what he was going to look like. But then when yeah. I realized I had this hat, it was like, cool, I can play with the brim of the hat. So I can do this thing, which is like, almost like I'm peeking like below it half the time. Almost like I can't quite look at everybody. Like, I don't want people to completely see me. Like, it, I don't know. A mystery. Just like, 
little bit of mystery, but also threat the threat. Mm. So I don't have to because you know if you don't see somebody's entire eyes or eyebrows, it's more intimidating. You can't really, yeah, it's intimidating. You can't read their in, in expressions. So mm. I played. I definitely played with that a lot, which was really nice because often you don't. You may know what the character's going to look like, but you don't always get the full costume. Uh, did to I play around with? Did I hear somewhere that you you method act? Yeah, I'm a trained method actor. Yeah, this is true. Wow. Yeah. So, Talk to so me about I'm that. in America. Yeah, sure. Um, so, okay. So, method acting, there's a certain kind of misnomer around method acting yep. that there are extreme versions of it. For instance, Daniel Day Lewis, I love, I mean, I dig it a lot, but he, he literally on Gangs in New York bought a pig, like a dead pig, <laughs> and left it on set. And when he was doing Bill the Butcher stuff, he'd go up to it in the middle, you know, halfway through and just start carving it because he learned how to fucking carve a pig, <laughs> which I'm totally down for. So I, I really like the idea of it because, because the bottom line is it helped him get into the character. Yeah. So um, I have a lot of relaxation tools and method. I have a lot of sense memory stuff and all this kind of stuff that I pull in tools that I use for characters that are from a method background. And yeah, sometimes I do sort of stay in... Um, an element of the character. I, I'm not, I don't go full character the whole time because that's, that's a lot. Uh, but I did Planet of the Apes, for instance, How I Met Steve Kniebe in the first place. And there I would, you know, with the apes, we use sign language. So we started using sign language in between takes to take the piss out of people. Um, and we, we developed Ape SL, man. It was like an 84-word strong... We have a dictionary. We you did on not. PDF. Yeah, we created Really? It. So oh for Last Frontier, the Ape Tribe, we sat down for a whole day pretty much with Peter Elliott, Steve Knebley, the two writers, and we went through creating Ape SL. So that was Kill, which doesn't exist, obviously, but we, we made the, there's like bullshit, you know, like that, which actually is in American Sign Language, I believe. Um, so we created this and we used it, and we used it to play with each other in between takes, because I'm a great believer in that to stay in the, the rhythm of the characters. But my, I used to use a relaxation tool, which would drive people a bit nuts, apparently, which I have apologized for a lot. So <laughs> I do like hoots and hollers. So like, <laughs> in, before every fucking take. You did just not, so really? I could, Yeah, because that's like, that's like, this is like when apes get excited, they start doing displays and. <laughs> do like people that. start laughing or are they respectful? No, <laughs> no, they did not. They went the other way with that, actually. They didn't see the humor of it. But it helped right. me as an actor, especially because people knew why I was doing it. It wasn't like I was yeah. being dick, I don't know. But it helped me get into the ape, to drop into my ape, who was called Bryn. Uh, it just really solidified the experience. So we would play, like, you know, we'd start reaching for things, and we'd move the whole time like apes as far as possible. Yeah. Um, around the scenes to just get you into it. I stayed in American accent most of the time I'm in America anyway. Um, yeah. Because I just want to, you know, feel the character a bit more. So that's, method acting is more than that. It's, it's also very quite misunderstood. Um, like any tool in acting, like Laban technique, Meisner, method, uh, classical, you know, stage acting, film technique, all of it is just tools to get you closer to the truth of the character's fictional reality. Like acting itself is a tr is a, just a tool, because when you're in it, you should feel completely immersed in the experience mm -hmm. with safety. Obviously, there's a safety element to that as well. Uh, you know, if you've got a knife, you don't actually want to kill somebody. You just want to pretend to kill somebody, or whatever. Mm. So, but it, it's all tools to help you relax and believe, like a five year old, like playtime. Um, but yeah, I'm, I did hardcore method acting. I did uh, Yap Malgram's work, Larbin. 
a whole bunch of different stuff just to help me expand my my tool set, man. People are just saying R.I.P. my ears, headphone users. (laughs) Shit, I should have given a headphone warning. I've been told about that because I do have very good projections. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Oh, I find that so funny. Uh, The Macho Echidna says, Carl's magnetic powers, were Carl's magnetic powers just an illusion like some of the others? Did he just run up and stab Ethan's arm while making it look like he flew in? That's really elaborate. I'm pretty sure, I'm under the impression it's really elaborate. Look over there, stab. Oh, he just moved it with my mind. Um, no, I think, I'm pretty sure that Heisenberg is supposed to have those powers. From what I remember the discussions, he actually is doing this, I believe. I believe that's the, the point of view. There you have a guess. Um, I, I may be wrong because honestly, like, you know, Ari, people, fans of Resident Evil will probably know way more about all this stuff than I do. I just know what I was told yeah, and what yeah. I went with. So, you yeah. know, it's uh, all a beautiful dream. Ethan's fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ark, Ark Chiller says, can you say bitch in Heisenberg's voice? Okay, last, <coughs> last one. No, sure. I don't mind. I can, I can do this mind? a bit longer. I, really okay. don't, I don't mind at all. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, what is the actual? There's a full There's, the full a, there's a line in the. Bit. Yeah. The, he likes, he said he like likes a, the emphasis on each part of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> very specific. Line, Again. Uh, moronic freak. Uh, lady something or other bitch. Like that. Yeah. And he just throws <laughs> the dagger up. Mm. Queen. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. That's it. Lady super sized bitch. Like that, he just throws it away, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. throws the dagger. Uh, Liebert, if if Ethan actually accepted the deal for Heisenberg, what would have happened? It's a good question. (laughs) I'd like to think it would transition into a musical number where they'd be like (laughs) jumping through, like killing, shooting daggers. I don't know, man. I mean, I I would, I would dig, I would like to see that DLC, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we need a Heisenberg DLC. Heisen, the Heisenberg deal, that's fucking great. So yeah, I would love to see the Heisenberg deal where it's a different branching narrative and you're now with Heisenberg trying to do it. That'd be fucking great. Um, I don't know, is the honest answer. I didn't play that fictional reality. So. Yeah. Um, Bonnie- I like the idea that people make, sorry to interrupt, um, no, that no. people make fan, fan, um, uh, fan fiction about games they love. I think it's really cool. So if someone wants to write that, I'm, I'm totally down to read it, man. That sounds great. Do you get tagged in a lot of uh, Heisenberg stuff now? I'm guessing you do every day. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm a bit overwhelmed actually in a good way about yeah. the response to the character. I think it's really, um, again, you know, I, I don't play, I don't play these characters to be recognized. Um, I don't, my fame is not like a thing that I'm really pushing towards. I just love playing in stories. So if somebody comes up to me and says, I fucking hated your character, he's a complete asshole. And I'm supposed to be the villain. It's like, cool, job done. All right, thank you yeah, very much yeah. for that. Thank you. Not much of a dick. Hopefully not a dick, but thank you very much for my character being a dick. Like Detroit. Um, like Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, no, it's cool. <laughs> and, and also, like, in theatre, we, we get to always meet our audience and we could discuss with the audience, in fact, like what, what, they, what the fuck they just saw. Um, whereas in games, obviously, we're it's very remote. It's very, you know, it's in people's homes and all that kind of stuff. So we don't ever really get to interact with people who enjoy the work. So I feel very lucky that social media is in such a way that I can talk about my work and people are interested, more importantly. I'm, I'm very flattered that people are interested and support my work. Um, and I feel quite honoured. You know, I'm often, um, obviously not anymore, but like in Comic-Con stuff, which I have been going to a few, it's very nice, generally nice to meet people and hear their experience of the story. Because... 
It's all um, different. It's sometimes different, yeah. Yeah, sometimes different, but there's a sort of commonality. And I like the fact that people see in my character something that I didn't, hadn't occurred to me, Yeah, um, right. maybe, which is kind of cool. I, um, I really like that a lot. So um, I think it's really flattering. I don't always feel deserved of it, to be perfectly honest, but then that's not the point. The point is that the audience enjoyed the character and enjoyed the story um, or hated the character in the, in the right way, then that's my job done. And that makes me feel like, cool, I did a good job. And, you know, I, I entertained somebody. And, um, yeah, that's, that's a nice feeling. It's a bonus. Really. So do you get imposter syndrome sometimes? I think every actor on the planet has had imposter syndrome. I think the, yeah. the great thing for me finding performance capture and voice was finally being able to completely acknowledge the fact that I am a character actor, that I am legitimized okay. in saying that I'm a character actor. Yeah. That doesn't look like a character actor, classic character. I don't know what the fuck that looks like either, but I couldn't get that kind of role in TV and film. Um, but I can get that in games. So for me, it was like, great, I can play anybody. Obviously, within my um, ethnic um, uh, background, something that's appropriate to my ethnic background, obviously. Um, I shouldn't play Amer African-American, for instance. Mm. Um, but I can play any role within that. That is appropriate to, to me. I think it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's uh, something about nice about performance capture as well that uh, people from maybe underrepresented uh, backgrounds are now coming forward and being able to being you know being able to play in these environments, which is amazing to see that kind of diversity. Needs more, but it is great to see that, especially in games where you can make your character look like you look if you want to. You know, I think it's very cool. Like Maggie, she knocked it out of the park as Lady Demetrius. Maggie's it, amazing. You know, she, that's that's probably her biggest role to date, and she would say that as it well. Is. And she's yeah, it is. and and look at her now. She gained like fifteen thousand followers in a day, something like that. Yeah, yeah Maggie's crazy. A, Maggie's, she's a she's a firecracker, man. She's great. Yeah. Uh, Maggie and I met on the set, obviously, instantly, like fell in love with her. I think she was brilliant. Yeah, uh, we became friends. Like we spoke, you know, around the shoots and stuff like that, and saw each other. And yeah, we had a conversation. Like, I think it was—I think it was when we discovered the maybe it was post-discovering a video of somebody spanking her with a fly swat on oh, the ass or yeah, something I've seen like a few that in those. the game. I've seen a few and of it those. got and it got five point four million. It's on ten. Views. Now. It's on ten million. <laughs> it's 10 now. million views. <laughs> That's ludicrous, man. It is. That's it's crazy. ludicrous. All right. So <laughs> just before that happened. That you know, we talked about. It. I was like, "This is going to just deservedly do wonders for you and, and establish you as a fantastic actor." Um, with a great role that she absolutely nailed. I mean, I remember being on set. What I, not just in the scenes that we were together, but also watching her scene by the um, when she's by the vanity table and she throws the fucking table around. I remember watching that live because I was in, I was in the Sony studio with her, man, and oh, I was nice. watching it thinking, "Fuck, that was great. It was really." Pretty sure Steve and I shared a look like, yeah, that was cool. She's got it. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, she's got great acting chops, man. She's a great actor. Yeah. Bonnie Love here says, I love you so much and love the character. And i got to say- oh, thank you very much. If thank I you. read out everyone complimenting you in here, I wouldn't get a question in. <laughs> but don't. <laughs> but thank you very much for everybody saying. I, I, again, it's like I, I, I get very- um, I'm a little socially awkward sometimes. Yeah. Um, just because it's not imposter syndrome, it's it's humility. I hope um, because I kind of it's I being don't really humble. Know what to say. It's just, I hope so because I don't really know what to say back. Sometimes, like thank you is the thing that I appreciate people's. Uh, I think the main thing is I think pe I hope people like the characters more than me. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like 
I kind of, I quite guarded about my private life, really. I, I'm quite a public figure in work and streaming. I do now a little bit as well. And I have a production company and academy and stuff yeah. to teach people performance capture. But my private life is quite guarded because nobody's really ever written stuff about Neil Newborn. They've written stuff about the characters that I play. So I think it's nice to push them to the foreground. And I think it's really nice when people cosplay those characters and make them their own. So I like it when people have pictures of them being that character. I think it's kind of cool. But I really appreciate people saying lovely things because it's, well, it's if very you, t- you know, it's very If you're ever having a down day, just come back to this video and watch the live <laughs> chat. Just watch, watch the live chat replay and you'll be like, yep, I'm all good Thank for today. Okay, uh, I feel I'm not, I'm not shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Murdoch here says, excellent work, Neil. Great voice. Thank you. Will we see you in a future Resident Evil? Well, he's been the last three. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, even if I was in Resident Evils from now on, I wouldn't be able to tell you, I'm afraid. I, I'm <laughs> very course. good about NDA. Yeah, I've heard of it. I have heard of it, yeah. I can definitely tell you that there's at least five projects I'm involved with, none of which have come out yet. Big games um, or what? And, yeah, <clears throat> games Ooh. and animated film. And also a vo- potentially a voiceover thing. Well, you know that means I'm getting you back on, don't you? Yeah, whenever you want, man. I'd love to. It's really nice to meet you. I've, I've watched some of your stuff. I think it's really great. So, Thank you, man. I yeah, whenever it. you want, dude. Well, yeah, just ask. Um, I, so, but I would love to be involved in the RE universe at some point again. That'd be great. Um, whether they'll let me back in is a whole other, <laughs> whole other thing, man. So, yeah. Uh, Bubble Tea. Uh, hi, Neil. My sisters and I are a really big Hello. fan of yours. They're really mm-hmm. crazy about Kamsky. Can you say hi to Cielo and Liani and Luna? Jeez, I'm not good C- with names. Cielo, but... Cielo, Luna and Liani. I think so, yeah. I hope I haven't butchered it. No, no, at all. I'm just trying to remember the thing now. Uh, I always leave a back... What is it? I always leave a... I was leaving actually in my programs. You never know. Hello, Siani and Leah and Luna and all you other batshit crazy named people. Thank you for watching Dan Allen Gaming. Possibly the best gaming show on the planet. And just remember, if you're not drunk right now, it's not five o'clock. I don't know. <laughs> You've got I kind of ran out of Kamsky S things to say. Yeah, I don't yeah. Kamsky. Kamsky drinks whiskey. That's about it. I don't know. So it's been a little minute since I've done Kamsky. So sorry if I wasn't quite getting that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what was your favorite character at Resident Evil 8 from Lee Bird? Besides Heisenberg, uh, obviously. In Resident Evil 8? 8, yeah, in Village. I'm a huge fan of Maggie's, man. I think yeah. Lady, it's, it's, just, it, it's just so good. And her, I really liked her her take on it, sort of classic, um, like almost like um, what's the, what's the name? Uh, there's a woman that's just slipped my head. Uh, not Ava Gardner, but like one of those, like Lauren Bacall, like like it's kind of like powerhouses, proper you know powerhouse I mean? sort of thing. Yeah, 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 like that kind of like old nineteen thirties, nineteen forties elegance and danger, mm. and I just she just absolutely fucking nailed it. And yeah. her stage presence is incredible. Yeah. And the character is just nine foot six. What the fuck? <laughs> like, where did that come from? What is that about, mommy? <laughs> so I just think it was really brave. I just thought it was a really interesting choice for Capcom um, to do something like that. Obviously, the other characters are also great. You know, I mean, they do amazing jobs. I mean, 
Uh, Becca, Paula, Jesse, they absolutely fucking nailed the roles. I got to work with Nicole Tompkins again. I really liked Dark Chris Redfield, who didn't like Dark Chris Redfield. That was pretty awesome with Jeff Shine. Um, you know, there was some really really interesting um, takes on all characters, which I liked. Seeing Todd's character develop a bit more was really nice because obviously in the first game, he was a total blank slate and he was supposed to be like that. Yeah. So it was interesting. I haven't played the game yet, which I'm oh, still, I'm going to be doing that on a stream. No, I'm going to stream it at some point. I'll try it at some point. I just I've, I'm kind of busy at the moment, so it's kind of it's kind of hard to fit everything in, man. Yeah. Um, I'm also a single parent, so I have a little daughter. So oh, that's nice. Like How old is she? Interesting joke. Uh, she's seven. Yeah. Oh, she's nice. Cool. Yeah, she's very cool. But it's like you know, having and I'm, you know, people know that, so I'm not. I'm pretty open about that. But um, yeah. But juggling being a co-parenting single parent and it's work tough. and life and pandemic, it's just, it's a trip, you know? Yeah. So I don't play games that much anymore is the thing. Yeah. Uh, I will play it for sure. For Does sure. she know how cool dad's job is? No, man. She just, she, she like throws herself off high shit. And I said, and she's like, you do this for a living. It's ridiculous. She basically like, uh, I don't really talk about it that much, but I'm very proud of her. Uh, but the one thing I have, I think I've spoken about this before, is that she does question my my job and when she was like when she was very little like she started learning to talk she came to set and there's a picture of peter elliott and her peter elliott by the way if you don't know is the godfather of animal movement in film and television and now games uh, he was pre andy circus pre you know terry notary mm. he's like the granddaddy of animal movement he, he did tarzan lord of the apes uh quest for fire all these amazing movies back in the 70s 80s being an ape, like doing ape work. It's, it, check him out. He's amazing. Um, and he, he was a great friend. He's a great friend. And he he took my little one, because um, I didn't have any childcare that day, on the studio. And there's a picture of them being monkeys. Because oh, she got to be a monkey in front of the cool. apes and the thing. Except none of nobody said to her, there aren't any monkeys in the game. It's fucking apes. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody, <laughs> nobody told her that. So we just shot all this stuff. And it's just, you know, it's not going to make it. But after that, oh. she just looked at me and went, Daddy, you you play like as a job. It's like yeah, it's a little bit more complex than that, darling. But yes, that's what I do. <laughs> I play. I have a job. It's like no, you don't. Until you pay fucking rent, you don't have a job. That's not playing. That's the same thing. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but she's great. She's very cool. Um, she's just got into games now. I deliberately wanted it to be late. So uh, we play games together now, which is very very hip. And but I'm not really not Rizzy, not just yet. Mm, might wait for that a little bit, man. She's kind of scared of like Lord Vader, so I think yeah. going to to a liquor from Lord Vader is a little bit of a yeah. jump there, man. I think we're going to hold off. Well, you haven't played Resi. There's a very creepy creature at the Donna House at the. Really? Oh, <laughs> I, it yet. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it, but I won't no, spoil yeah, it for you. Um, I'm trying to avoid them. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid as much spoilers as possible. To be honest. Yeah, full full spark says, were you familiar with the Resident Evil series before you started acting in it? Did you do any research within the fan community to prepare for these roles? Um, two questions. So the first question, yeah, I knew Resident Evil. I played it back in 1996, whatever it was, whenever that day. You're was. not that old. Came, Come on. I'm fucking old. I'm old, older than I look. I, I, I couldn't believe you were 42. Uh, I tell you what, you look no, good, I'm mate. older than that, actually. <laughs> Are you? Far out. Yeah. Mate, so I'm 44 this year, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. You need to tell yeah. me a secret off here. Uh, just fucking stay bouncy, stay distracted, and keep, I don't know. Just enjoy life as much eat as well, possible. Yeah. Eat well. Eat well. Yeah, yeah. Eat well, I guess. But just, I think the main thing is to be like always take the stairs. It's like a good. I attitude. like that. Like, oh. I like that. Yeah, no, always take the stairs. So I'll use yeah, that one. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, I knew the games. I used to play it badly. I don't think I ever made it past like the first 10, 15 minutes of the mansion before I just turned it off and went, this is not a game I'm good at. I should just not play it. My ego can't deal with it. I played like two and three, same thing. Couldn't deal with it. Fuck it. No, I'm not going to touch it. Until I, and so I was aware of it. And obviously I watched the films as well and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, very aware of Resident Evil and liked it a lot. Just was terrible at it. Um, <laughs> and uh, But when it comes to research, when I played Nikolai for, and Nemesis, for instance, I didn't want to go back and try to take another actor's take on those characters. Because in fairness to the actor, the actors that played those roles and the mocap and voice then, I don't think they did mocap necessarily, but with the voice and stuff, they that was their take on it. Mm. And I felt like this is a remake. So it's kind of like a revamp in a way that, that I want to take my character with the script they gave me for Nikolai and, and find a different way of him being. So it wasn't just like, that's just Nikolai, you know, re, re, uh, relaunched into 2019. Yeah, it's my own take. It's not somebody else's. And I think that's important for people, for actors. If you, and it doesn't happen very often, but if you are lucky enough to step into the shoes that another actor's fulfilled, you have to make it your own. You can't just like, you shouldn't emulate somebody else. You should be like, well, they put me in this role for a reason. So mm. I, it's because they want to hear my voice and my take on this character that is you know, liked a lot and is thought well of. So... I have to honor that by really just finding my way through it. And if they like it, they're going to cast you. And if they cast you, they're going to want you to see how far you can take it with the director and the writers and everybody. So, no, I didn't watch any of the playthrough. I, I watched after we shot our stuff. I, I think I watched like a, somebody play through the original two. And yeah. I was quite happy that, that that Nikolai was quite different from my Nikolai. Um, so I was pretty happy that I'd obviously made the right choices for me and it, the actor had made the right choices for him back yeah. in 1998 or whenever it was. Yeah. yeah. People here don't believe that you're 44, by the way. Not yet. <laughs> 44 in, you know, a few months, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man, I'm a child of the 70s, technically. Well, 90s child, but yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, born in 77, yeah. Wow. J- James I Williams, I can't, set, I can't ask him that because he hasn't finished the game yet. So we don't want to spoil him. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but thank you, James. Uh, Nash, great job in Resident Evil 8. Uh, thank Do you. Do you want to be the – also don't want to be that guy, but could you say Ethan Winters as Heisenberg? Oh, Yeah, okay. sure, sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Let's, <clears throat> let's see what you're really made of, Ethan Winters. Like that. Nice. Is that right? I think I was right. <laughs> what was your who's your favorite character to voice of all or, or perform as um that you've this done your career? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, thank you. It's an interesting question. I don't have a favorite. I definitely have like my top five, six, seven, or whatever. Yeah. I've been very, very lucky and very blessed that people have given me a shit ton of amazing characters to play. <laughs> amazing friends. Oh, no, I'm serious. I'm, no, yeah. I wake, I literally go look at my CV and go, fuck me. People have been so kind. <laughs> so, so generous. I'm glad someone else says fuck me because that's my saying, but. Fuck me, yeah, right. Yeah, You're like, fuck fucking me, hell, yes. man. Dude. Fuck me. Sometimes a fuck me is exactly what you mean in that circumstance, yeah. right? So there is like definitely fuck me moments of fuck me, man. I've done, you know, people have taken a risk on me. Yeah. Um, I'm really, I, I, I really enjoyed like the last few years, characters have definitely been something special. Um, you know, Nikolai Heisenberg. I, I'm getting a huge kick out of, uh, 
out of a starian, I have to say, because I have oh. license to almost say anything. Yeah. And my writer, Stephen Rooney, not my writer, the writer for Larian, that I get to work with, uh, Stephen Rooney, who is the main writer for Starian, is just an absolute genius. And I improvise a tiny bit, usually for my own ends, but very little of it goes in. Most of the stuff that goes in is his writing because yeah. it's just sublime. Um, and he's just like really fun. He's like just, He's just, I can literally say anything. Somebody likened him to like the Cartman of Baldur's Gate. <laughs> it's like, you just say, say what you're thinking, but that nobody would dare say. Do you know what I mean? Oh, um, it's just great. Cool. I'm just really enjoying it. So Starin's great. Uh, I loved playing in, in Detroit, like uh, playing um, Kamsky and, and Gavin Reed, which Gavin Reed was never supposed to be a thing, by the way. He was really? like supposed to just be a dickhead that you didn't like, so you would like Connor more. He was not supposed to be of interest. Really? So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Man. Like he's like people have really taken to him. And I'm like, dude, he's just like a passer. He's just, he's just a dick. He's just the office <laughs> dick. So the fact that people like him so much, I think, is really cool. And they, they kind of made him their, their own, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta I gotta I gotta humble brag. I was the first in the world to get all the trophies and achievements get the platinum trophy for detroit person fuck me that's really hard thank you yeah that's amazing although i did I'm, have the game early so it's a bit of a yeah, don't say so sure man that's a that's a <laughs> that's a, a tall fucking order dude thank you all right that's, that's one game into another that's that's pretty cool i, I love that cool. game man i tell you what that is it's a great. phenomenal game what's it like working with brian and and david and Brian was great. I got to meet yeah. Clancy as well. That was fucking oh, awesome. Clant- oh, yeah. Clancy Brown is a he's a tour de force, man. He was oh. something else. Uh, he was. I was generally nervous when I met him. I was like, "Oh shit, Clancy Brown." <laughs> Mr. Krabs so, himself. Mr. Krabs himself. Um, yeah, uh, it was amazing. Um, I met Brian. Uh, pretty sure I, I did almost all of my days were with Brian because I obviously I, I was interacting with his character from two different characters' points of view which is always interesting different options um, yeah yeah, but also like the relationships are wildly different obviously and even though Kamsky's only in it a little bit and I was very lucky to be asked to come back and and do the um sort of short film uh which is like pre the story like five years before which is really cool I really love the fact that Ben asked and David asked me to come back and do that with Adam um but Brian was great because I, I met Brian and fell in love with him instantly um, he's a very generous actor, a very sweet kid, like a really, really sweet kid and a very talented actor as well. So that combination was just joyous to be around because it was instantly like, I'm going to play now. Is that cool? Okay. Gonna imp- okay gonna-. So he used to like throw me some improvisational curveballs, which would just that'd be brilliant. And I would have to roll with, and I throw him a few things as well, that he'd have to not break character because he would be laughing inside his head, but it has <laughs> Connor, so you can't do that. Yeah, shit. Yeah. So but it was great. We had, uh, we had no bad days. I mean, I, this sounds like one of those things that people say when in, interviewed about the work and stuff, but I genuinely have had not a single bad day doing performance. Catch, That's amazing. Like ever. I've had challenging days and I've had yeah. days like, fuck, I know. But, but I've it's never all had a bad day. To your passion. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And uh, yeah, definitely working on Detroit. The I think it was three or four sessions I did that in Paris. That was that. It was great. That was hardcore, pure work, and I loved it every second of it. It was great. Is is David yeah. Cage a madman with his um, no, formulas really. and algorithms of all the different and choices? He's got and- those. Yeah. <laughs> he's got those. But David was very generous with me. 
Um, yeah. As was um, Ben, who was the other director, the co-director of that, and also Adam, who's the writer, and and uh, Clancy and, and and Brian, and all the actors that were were in there with us as well. There was quite a few. Um, he's not no for me. It was very much like he he sometimes would let me play a lot. And then sometimes he'd be very, very specific with his notes saying, you know, I need you to do this because of this reason. And I found that the way he was telling me of why that this choice needs to be like this was quite succinct. So it was like, okay, yeah, I understand that. That's cool. Let me see if I can, let me find a way of doing that because I understand what you're talking about and why you need that. As opposed to sometimes you can get into situations where uh, I did a TV series once that it was okay. It was really fun, but I had a director that turned around to me when I was asking him a genuine question that I actually needed as an actor. Um, that, cause it didn't make any sense at all. In fact, I think they were making a mistake actually. And I asked him, he just went, just do it, please. Just do it. I'm running out of time. Just do it. I was like, okay, I'll do it. It's a terrible idea, but okay. That's what you want. You know, and it leaves a very sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. You think I'm putting my heart and soul into this character and you're just saying, telling me just do it arbitrarily yeah. like without any like, conversation and it's not because i'm eating up a lot of time by the way so is that just you know, like a that sour was, taste in your mouth a little bit just makes you feel like i i, I leave my blood on the floor on every job i do mm. literally sometimes <laughs> in the I do stunts as well yeah, yeah. um so but with people like brian uh, people like david and people like uh, steve knebley and all the other actors, the wonderful actors, Alex Epstein on We Happy Few, um, you know, all these amazing actors and uh, directors I'm working with in performance capture. I've never had that conversation of just do it because I told you. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People really are passionate, but they also really seem to respect actors' points of view of asking those questions, which is great because so, hopefully, if like me, you do pick your battles. You know, you don't always have to ask every question continually all the time because actually sometimes you know what the answer is. That can be about insecurity, I think. But <clears throat> when you need to ask those really big questions and it might take five minutes of discussion. You know, those directors there support you and they give you good answers or at least they talk to you about why you have a different point of view on this thing. And I appreciate it a lot. So David let me play. I, I loved working with David and Ben and Adam and Brian and everybody at Quantic Dream. And I met all the Quantic Dream devs. They're incredible. They worked so hard on mm -hmm. that game. Um, and that's the thing I think I'd say is that I really am flattered and appreciate the fact that people want to interview me about the roles I do. I would say, please, anybody that plays a game, read the, the devs credits. are the heroes. All, they're yeah. the heroes, man. Yeah. We're the cherry on top. We're the icing. Yeah. We're the, we're the sort of like, you know, spruced hyperbole sprinkled on top of the of They the make it happen. Yeah, man. They're the, they're the people that put the heart and soul and the, the huge amounts of time. Um, like I said, if we're lucky to be working on a game for a couple of years as voice or something like that, or voice and mocap, that's great. But we're not there every single day. You know, if somebody, mm -hmm. unfortunately, that crunch thing happens, we're not there for the crunch. Mm -hmm. We're there to, to play and have fun and really bring the characters to life. But they're the ones that make the game. So if you don't read credits on games, please do. Because mm. there are hundreds and hundreds of people that put far more work in than I did to every game. It's funny you say that. There's, that's one thing I always do. I always watch the credits from start mm. to finish, no matter how it's long. Important. Yeah. Yep. I just, yep. yeah, I've always, it's always a tradition. It's same for movies as well. I'll do that. Same as for well. movies, man, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll try to read it. Um, what was the hardest game you've played? Because I, I guess you did mention you were a gamer. <laughs> Um, what do you, yeah, I guess hardest, hardest game yeah. and what have you been playing lately? Because I saw you were playing um, Valheim over in your stream today, weren't you? <clears throat> I like Valheim. Uh, yeah. I surfed a deer today. 
That was pretty fucking epic. <laughs> I don't think the game is supposed to let you surf a deer, but I fucking did it, and it's on film. It's actually recorded. You can see it on the internet. It happens. It's a thing. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, I've got got, uh, your Twitch in the description, by the way, guys, if you want to go follow Neil. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Come check it out. Um, (coughs) Hardest games, actually, weirdly, were the Resident Evil games for me. I was not very good at them. Yeah. I was just bad at them. They were just really tough games, especially because I never did like an easy setting for the early times I played it. I was always trying to like do it on a normal setting at least, have some pride. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I couldn't complete, I never completed a Resident Evil game until I played the remake. On a stream I did last year when I started streaming, which is like last two year. or three, oh, three, my, three, the one I was in. Um, it was the first time I completed a Resident Evil game. I'm not kidding. It was just like fucking hell. So yeah, RE games have always been like they're really hard games to play. Yeah, they're not, they're um, not easy. They're, not, they're really not easy games, man. No. They make you work a lot for of stuff recently. Fucking do right, Jesus. Yeah, too what, much. I think. So, what else too have you much. played recently? Besides, I know you're busy, but is there anything else you've played? Yeah, I was playing South Park uh, Fractured Butthole. Oh, nice! Which is just great. I love the South yeah. Park. I think it's amazing. That was really fun. Very funny. Um, I've been trying to finish off Pillars Two Dead Fire. That's on the quiet. It's not streaming. That's just for me. Wow! Because I, I, I'm a huge RPG fan. That's a nerdy game. And this is coming yeah, from fucking, a nerd, by the way. Yeah, dude. So I'm, I'm a car carrying geek, brother. I'm, I'm there with you. <laughs> Um, I've actually, I reinstalled MechWarriors 4 Mercenaries, but the MTX, like, freeware version. <laughs> and I've got, like, a fucking HOTUS joystick thing. Oh, wow. I've been playing okay. that on the sly, man. That's a little, that's a dip into my private life. But yeah, um, I've been right. playing that on the sly. That I was that. pretty fucking awesome. I got it to work as well. It was like, fuck yeah. That's like 2004, <laughs> man. It's like, you know, back when Shit, we used that's, to have to, yeah, like, that's... sticks together to make the internet work. Um, that's <laughs> so, like 20 years, yeah, nearly. It's like 20 years, a good 20 years ago. <laughs> um, I play a lot of stuff like that. I'm, I'm kind of getting into getting to more like console games. I've never really been that much of a console player, um, which is stupid because I work in games that are largely console. I did try Cyberpunk. I enjoyed it. I think it was a shame they didn't release it in early access because I think it would have been a lot forgiven. That's a shame. Mm. Uh, I feel bad for them because they they put a lot of lot of work into that game, dudes. Like I know. huge. So I feel bad for everybody that that got flack from that, and you know, and probably unfairly because it was probably only a few people's decisions to release it early in that state. You know, um, yep. but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time in, in Night City. It was pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like a lot of games like that. I, I don't want to play Baldur's Gate three yet. I'm going to play that when it's fully released. I yeah, really, I was going to say I don't I really know much about that, that game. Is it is it in early access? Maybe. Is it to release soon? What what's the deal with that? No, it's early access, which okay. they said from the beginning. This is a it is a mammoth game. Oh, I know that. It's enormous. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of like the old Fallout games, the RPGs, and uh, the Baldur's Gate games RPGs. And this game is ginormous, like ginormous. Um, huge. I can't tell you where we're up to. But I've been on this thing since September 2019. We are we are not we're not we know we we we're some really? ways away. What? <laughs> oh <laughs> we're my still goodness. Hard. Um, I can't. I'm not going to tell you like what's going on. Obviously, that's so no, great. no. But you know, it's it, we're still working. You know, <laughs> so is that something you're working on every month or every other month, or you can't kind say? of? Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is that Larian are amazing, and I genuinely mean that. I'm a fan of Larian. I work with Larian. 
but they're amazing because they they are listening to feedback from the players it's early access sure but they're completely honest about the state of everything and they even tell you like at some point this save will not work be prepared for that so people are, are completely transparent but they're also taking a lot of feedback and implementing it in the game which is just awesome and they've added things which they've gone on record for saying so this is not me saying something i shouldn't but they've gone on record they wanted to add a thread that of something that you could do in the game and they knew that if they did that, they'd have to write an extra thousand lines of dialogue or something to make that work and mechanics to make it work. So, and they do that because they they really want the game to be the best experience as possible. I'm a massive fan of Larian, and if you haven't played it, folks, check out Baldur's Gate One and Two. You know they're, they're shorter games. It's great. It's a great experience. It's really cool. It's super fucking geeky. Like, so you're, you're, like, you're you may not get you may not get laid for a while if you go public. With that <laughs> My girlfriend's just be like, "Nah, mate, you're you're playing like, Baldur's Gate. You're doing what? <laughs> you're playing what? <laughs> really? I'm just gonna pack my bag." <laughs> Uh, uh, thank you Bentley's cool we already got him to say bitch don't worry you can go back in the VOD later Uh, Xander (laughs) says love your work I hope to see you in the future in plenty more games could you just say hi to Pony for me hi Pony hi (laughs) hi Pony hi Pony hello Pony hi hello hello Pony Uh, if you had a choice hi Pony hi Pony Pony <laughs> I'm not sure which of those was appropriate. So. Uh, yeah, it depends on the on your mood. James <laughs> James here says, if you had a choice, which RE game would you like to be thrown into? Obviously, ones that you haven't been in. You've been in half oh, of them. To play. <laughs> um, to be in um, Nick Apostol- four, maybe? Uh, Well, actually, Nick Apostolidis is actually a, become a good friend of mine, uh, but we have not worked together. So I'd love to work with Nick. Uh, on yeah. something um if we could go back in time and like just kneecap the actors that played roles with him that i could potentially play i'd do that i just like accidentally kneecap them a little bit not like badly because they couldn't make that audition that day and then i get to work with nick um yeah he's I'd leon for anyone that doesn't know he's leon yeah. for anybody knows and yeah. he does an amazing job at leon he's he's a, and if you meet the guy like if you get to know him he's leon like the, he is he is leon like that is a perfect role for him to play yeah, um, I'd love to work with, with Nick on something at some point, but who knows, man? I mean, I've, I've been lucky to be in two. I'm not assuming I'll be in another one, quite frankly, um, but I'd love to. Yeah. So, can you yeah. talk to me about your stuff with Nemesis in the the behind the scenes Ooh. of that and the performance capture? Because yeah, sure. I find that fascinating. Because you do a lot of creature work, as you said, with <coughs> the do, apes yeah. and Nemesis, and like, yeah, what's that like? Yeah, you, you did ask me. Like, I, not only do I like do direction now and, and performance and consultation, and I mentor an academy, and I have a production company, and I all that kind of stuff. Um, I also do creature work and stunts and combat and martial arts and whatnot. So creature work is amazing because it is um, doing performance without dialogue or doing performance without when it is quite pure in the sense of you're trying to create something which is animalistic, like. Um, and you have to convey a scene, you have to convey um, the emotions of this creature, the wants and needs, and you cannot rely on dialogue. It's quite a trip. It's quite an, it's quite freeing, actually, in some ways. And playing things like Nemesis, where obviously you know, there are these like hulking, killing machines, but it's, it is pure play. It's just so much fun. Oh. I get to be this enormous, like, nine, ten-foot fucking hulking, <laughs> unstoppable killing machine, chasing my friends down corridors and smashing <laughs> doors out of the way. I actually released some behind-the-scenes stunts of me playing Nemesis and kicking several oh, that? Sh- uh, shades it. of shit. Yeah, it's on my Instagram somewhere, nice. I think. 
Uh, I think it's still on there. But it's like I was picking up fucking you know stunt performers and throwing them through carriages, <laughs> and I was like kicking people in the chest, and they're on wires, they get slammed back against a wall. It's great, man. It's so much fun. Oh, that um, sounds there's a lot of playtime involved with this, and you still have to take it very seriously, which is insane because you know you're playing a ten foot high killing machine. Um, but there's a lot of fun to be had. Um, and one thing it does as well, it gives you very good awareness of your own physicality. It keeps me in good shape. Um, mm -hmm. so part of my job is to be, um, have a malleable, strong body that isn't like huge, but at the same time is, it can adapt to any type of role that I'm thrown at. I mean, I've played all kinds of things. Like I've used arm extension stilts. I've used, um, done zombies and creature works for strange brigade for zombie army trilogy for, um, zombie uh, played trilogy. Unravel too. What were you in zombie? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm in that quite a lot. I played zombie Hitler. Most you of do the not zombies. really. Yeah, actually, Zombie Army Trilogy, not the fourth one, but the one, to, the third one. Yeah. Most of the new stuff in the third uh, version of that, all four guys and me <laughs> getting into the cable car. Really? I have to do a thing. I termed it ghosting. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't work out. Yeah, so there's a, like, one, one example is they step into a cable car, and the cable car, like, one of the guys, the Russian guy is, like, doing his foot like this. <laughs> not sure about it. And then the guys sort of get him in, like a B.A. Brackers. And you're moment, both. Right? I play all four of them. Oh and my I goodness! Do the scene four times, <laughs> starting with one person going into the cable car, like entering here, turning around, holding the thing. Another person would then have to time going past this one. The third one was then going to do the foot thing, which I actually came up in the middle of the of shooting with um with Mark Bradshaw, and he and I, well, I just said, "Can I just try this thing?" So I did that, and then the fourth one comes around where the second one was. Stops, sees the third one like nudges him or something and then goes past and then the third one goes in. So all four of them are me. And I'm having to try and work out with the director. Like did, if I do that, what the timing for, it was a fucking trip, but oh. we did it. It was cool. It was really cool. I like shit like that. So then I also oh, got to play right. zombies and there's actually an April fool's um, gag we did with rebellion. Uh, I, I did a dance routine, totally improvised. It was the end of the day shoot. And we did like three hardcore days of mocap including all the cutscenes, and it's just me and the volume and right at the end of the day uh mark and the other guys came up to me and could you do you used to be a dancer right i was like yeah, yeah i used to dance i was like well could you do like an improvised dance routine to michael jackson's thriller i just do it because we want to do like an april fool's advert i was like yeah sure i mean i don't even be actually like 10 fucking hours but let's just do it yeah okay. so we did it we shot it one take it's all improvised i had no idea what i was doing i was just making up fucking dance moves and it's oh on the internet if you type in zombie army not... trilogy april fools yeah yeah oh type i gotta in, check you, this you, out you find now. it now it's zombie army trilogy april oh, fools no. neil newton and there's me playing zombie hitler with a whole bunch of like backing dances zombie all army me. trilogy trilogy april fools april fools it's like, this is just playtime, man. It's all play, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got it here. Mm -hmm. Rebellion. That's it. During the mocap, the team put Thriller on as a joke. What happened next <laughs> was... Oh, my God. They just recorded me dancing. and said, like, can you just dance? I was like, yeah, right. So we just made it up on the spot. It was just one take. We just did it one take. It's fucking great. <laughs> I used to be... I, another life, I used to be a dancer, man. So, you know. Really? <laughs> Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, wow. So do you ever get to use, besides that, do you ever get to use it on set, the dancing skills? Do they come in um, handy? I used to get bullied quite a lot, so I went into martial arts instead. So yeah. that's like well, that's how I transferred from one to the other, right? So, But, yeah, sometimes I get to dance. I dance a lot in the ROMs, which I'm not supposed to do. 
Um, there's some behind the footage stuff of myself, Nicole Tompkins, and William Hope, who's amazing to work with. He's from um, he's from Aliens, you know, that, 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 yeah, an amazing yeah. actor. And Jeff Shine, and all of us are sort of like bopping out to <laughs> some music. I, I like music a lot, so I throw music on whenever we warm up in the volume. And it's a big part of my warm up. It's like playing random fucking music. Give me some so, of yeah, your favorite 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 artists or bands. Oh shit, dude! I mean, Put everything. You on the spot. I, I listen to. I listen to stuff like Jurassic Five, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. I like uh, my daughter's really into um, what the hell's her name, Dua Lipa. So I'm listening a lot to a lot of Dua Lipa at the moment <laughs> to keep on on track with my my daughter. Um, I listen to people like Nina Simone. Um, oh shit, Nina Simone and um, uh, Marvin Gaye. I'm a huge fan of. I, I just have a very, very diverse. I like, I like it. Yeah, I like techno as well. I mean, I have a very, very wide. The reason is because I decided not to try and limit my music taste because my characters, I make a, a playlist for all my characters and my characters could like country and Western. Two kinds of music here, country and Western. Um, so, and I may not like that. So I can't limit myself to not liking music. So I decided as an early, as a younger actor, when I was, well, before I was even professional, that I would keep a very wide, broad taste level with books, with fiction, non-fiction, and also culture and art and also music because my characters may like that and I may not. So mm. I have to find a way of, you know, being able to dig into... Okay, I draw the line at polka. I'm going to say that. I draw the line. Polka is <laughs> a step too far, I, th- I feel. But I like classical music as well, man. I like arias. You know, Nozze de Figaro is one of my favourite operas. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I have an open mind. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, that you know how to yodel? Am I wrong? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Yodel- <laughs> no, no, I don't know how to yodel. Okay. I don't know how to yodel. That's not true. Okay. Not I've true. got that wrong. <laughs> it's got wrong. Uh, thank you, Nash. I think that. I could yodel. Hey, you, you, yeah, I reckon you could if you gave it a crack <laughs> after a day. If I had a, like a yodel, yodeling killing machine I had to play, then yeah, I'd, I'd love <laughs> yodeling to Yodeling killing machine. There's a different <laughs> game for you. Thank you, Dash. Uh, Taco Guy, does the game explain where Heisenberg's power came from? I don't, I don't think know. it does. I don't think it does. No. Um, I would love to do, like, somebody talked about doing, like, a DLC, like, before they all became part of the family. Oh, or, as, so a, as a new family. That'd be fucking great. I would be oh. really down for that. I have no idea if they're going to do that or not. Literally no idea. So I'm not saying that, like, it's a tease. I don't know. And I don't know. It'd be great. Be great to see something like that. So that's obviously it's the Capcom folks to decide all that kind of stuff. I'd be shocked if they didn't do another game with with Lady D. I'd be shocked after the she's reception. She's an amazing character. Seriously, yeah, she's an amazing character. Yeah, I really this hope is the so. fastest selling a- RE ever. I think in the first. Yeah, I heard of, that. Yeah, so, was it three million in four days? That's it's insane. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you wanted to just wanted to let you know the Instagram and description of the stream is off. Oh, that's my fault. I'll change that. Don't worry. I'll change that once we go off air. That's uh, sorry. Neil Newborn will yodel for cash. So we should change that. <laughs> oh, I've got the wrong Instagram in. I'll put it in now. That's all right. Good. Neil yeah. New. I think it's just Neil Newborn. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Neil Newborn. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So you got a few more projects that you can't tell, talk to us about. I'm uh, I've got a very big AAA that I really want to talk about uh. that has started like being like trailered and stuff. Uh, I'm not voicing. I'm just I did performance capture for like 
so many characters in that and I did a lot of uh, consulting on it and uh, did a lot of stunts on it so that was cool but that's not going to be my voice that's just me doing sort of all the action stuff kind of like I did with Kingsglaive yeah um, like for example I did I did a lot of stuff that wasn't voice I did get to voice character in that but like an example of that yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to come out I think this year um, I've got an animated film that's supposed to come out this year but with the pandemic that might come out later mm-hmm. um, I just finished doing uh stunt coordination on a tv thing for an svod that we can't talk about yet Jeez, either you're busy um How do you yeah i'm busy in? man yeah i'm busy yeah there's a, a pilot thing that i'm involved with which i can't talk about either um i'm trying to think of i mean yeah there's there's quite a few That's things right. coming out uh, but just play yeah, Res- sorry everyone needs to play village uh is it yeah, when, you, that, when yeah. you're on the mocaps like the performance the volume as you call it yeah um and you're you're an actor, yeah. Okay, you're just doing acting or in the suit, and you're not consultating or you're not the director. Do you ever find mm-hmm. yourself trying to hold back that side of you, yourself? Do you know what I mean? And try no, to- it's not. I'm I'm a talker, as you may have noticed. Uh, <laughs> I do talk. I do talk a lot, and I'm very bouncy. Um, that's not because I'm trying to hide something, by the way. <laughs> actually, it, actually, it is. Um, I smile and laugh a lot. I think primarily because I have resting psycho face. Because you know, it's, I have resting psycho face, man. It's it's not a good look. People get unnerved if I don't smile. So, um, well, so you no, have to pretend to smile. Yeah, like I'm always happy because I'll just fucking kill you. No, it's like, um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, that's not true. I, 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 I don't ever have an issue with that because. Um, I love ensemble work. I like working in a big cast. Yeah. I like like playing multi-role characters and that kind of jazz. And I just like being a part of something. So if um, like we're working with Steve, for instance, like Steve is the boss, you know, I usually go up to him and go, Steve, I got, I got an idea. And his, his response is almost always no. And then, of course, he lets me try it one time. And if I don't get it on the first time, then he, that's, that's the idea done. Um, Steve's good like that so um, but I don't have an issue with fitting with other people's visions or other people's projects because it's their project or their vision mm. and I'm a part of that um, directing I've only done like four or five gigs now maybe maybe six gigs now I think and it, it's a different thing with a director because obviously when you're coming as a director to performances you're trying to get the best out of them you're not trying to demean them make them feel bad about their job you're trying to support their decisions you're always trying to guide them into what your vision is so I respect that as a performer. I know how hard it is to direct and how to be that person that everybody has questions and everybody needs a little bit of attention sometimes to work out what they need to do for their character. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy gig, man. So for me, no, I don't ever have a problem going from one thing to the other. I'm just as happy being a performer as I am consulting, performing as I am um, doing little bits of direction that I've done. So, um, yeah. And you don't I find like, yourself like, sort of consulting within that role like doesn't no, i respect in. the boundaries yeah um, i'm usually asked to do that so okay for instance if i'm if i'm with uh the project the five-month project that my production company uh did the casting for and the consultation for and coordination for we were brought in i was brought in specifically as a performer but also to work with the non-mocap performance capture actors who'd never done this type of stuff before so I was going to perform a whole bunch of stuff, and I was also there to help guide those people, ease them into what the volume is, how mocap works, alongside the studio technicians who also are there to talk to them and work with them. So um, 
so I'm losing the thread of what the hell I was talking about. So yeah, going into those kind of roles. Consulting. Um, mm. Yeah, I really like doing that because it feels like we're just all raising the game with the project. Mm. You know, it's it's a, the project comes first. So if yeah. I get go up for an audition and I don't get the gig, it's because the project didn't need me. They needed the other actor. And my take on this character wasn't appropriate for the project. That's how you have to think of these things, you know, as opposed to thinking, oh, shit, I didn't get that role. It's like, well, the role was never yours to begin with. You know, you were just showing your take on it. So if it doesn't fit in with the vision, then you're not going to do it. That's okay. That's not a problem. It's just that the, the project was heading in this direction. You're like in that direction or something, you know? So I like working ensemble. I like working with many different people and collaborating together to push this one project forward in a funky way, you know? I like it. Man, yeah. I love so, working. I'm workaholic. <laughs> man, yeah, you are an inspiration. Well, uh, thank you. Man. What that. music do you associate with Astrion? And I want to also ask you, what do you associate with Heisenberg? What do you reckon he listens to? Um, Astarion, I'm not going to talk about his music choices because I'm still playing him, if you don't mind. But that's no, cool. that's fine. Otherwise, I think they wouldn't work anymore. Um, with Heisenberg, he listened, he listened to a lot of... Um, oh, damn, I actually... I can't remember the name of them. I actually listened to quite a few of their tracks. I wonder if I can find it. I'm just going to have a look at his playlist right now. I love that you got a playlist uh, for all these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I make it's them so all cool. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I haven't heard of anyone um, doing that. Really? No. Well, I think, it's kind of, I think it's more common than you think. Really? Um, anyway, it works for me anyway. I'm listening to stuff like Bonnie Raitt. Um, yep. I Can't Make You Love Me. It's <laughs> just a bit weird. Um, there is actually, there is actually one. I really want to find that one if I can find it now. It's it's a band that I hadn't heard of. That it's like a they're a two piece band, American band, heavy fucking rock. Yeah, everyone like is really, saying they reckon metal or rock. It wasn't metal. It was it was rock. Okay, than, well, it was kind of heavy. It was bordering heavy metal rock. I'm going to find it for you. Industrial. Someone said here. A little industrial, very gritty, very dirty. I didn't know about them, but I came across them when I was in Los Angeles and I just heard them on like a radio station or something. I'm just trying to find the track because I can't remember the name. White Stripes, says Will says, White Stripes. They're similar. They're in territory, similar territory to um, Blood uh, Royal Blood. The Cold Stairs, Cold Stairs. Ah. So this was one of the tracks. This one here, right? People want you to drop the playlist. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. And then it gets, yeah. then it gets real fucking heavy at the minute. And again, with the voice. Yeah. Jones, <laughs> I dug a grave for me. <laughs> Don't want to dig that grave. That to me is like that's Heisenberg. People, they get some metal. Just stop in one second. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's that is example of like the kind of songs I'm looking for in the characters because it's that metal edge, it's that gritty. It's also kind of weird country, slightly out. Yeah, like that shit. People want you to drop the playlist. People want you to drop the playlist, but um, he's he's not going to drop it, guys. Come it's on. not canon, dude. Nah. So it's like I can't. I don't have that kind of authority. <laughs> nah. You've got you've got that song to feed off, guys. You've got that song. If you want to think of a song of Heisenberg, "Cold Stairs," John, 
was in my head. There you go. Now I um I also saw that you did. Am I right to? Are we all right to keep going, mate? I. Do you I'm, need to I'm be somewhere? free, man. It's You're a pandemic, right? brother. Okay, cool. I'm free all night. I'm all good. Yeah. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. You did some yeah, mocap yeah. for that. Mocap and stunts for that. Yeah, it was fun. So no character work, just the just the mocap and stunts. Yeah, <laughs> I um I just did uh, motion capture and stunts for that. I did a lot of background stuff. I played the I did full performance capture for the the sort of boss at the when who kills Rost. That's actually on my show reel, I think. Um, I choreographed that fight sequence, and then I worked with a stunt coordinator called Nick McKinless, who then helped me with my choreography. And this is like going back in 2015, 16, man. Mm-hmm. It's a while ago. So Nick McKinless, who's amazing. I've worked, I worked with him on Gangs of London, actually, on a TV thing uh, as part of stunt crew with him. Yeah, he's great. He's a really talented guy. He's been around for a long time. But he came in to just give a gloss over of the choreography I laid down. And, and it was, um, yeah, it was great. I had a lot of fun. We spent five months on that shoot. And wow. um, that's a long yeah, time. Yeah, I was doing five months just doing, coming in, playing around. I had to do a couple of Aloy stunts, which I got to say, men what? should not play women. Yeah, 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 I know. Men should not wow. play women. Period. Like, I'm just saying that. I'm going on the record. Unless you are a very talented drag performer, men should not play women. We just, they're too complex. They're too, it's too nuanced and too subtle. Men can't do it. <laughs> women, female actors can play men. That is true. That's definitely true. Oh, okay. But male actors, yeah. I guess something about, I don't know, it's just really hard to to convincingly play um, a woman. It's just weird. So I did Aloy's, some of Aloy's stunts that didn't require me to really move like Aloy. Like I did a couple of uh, jumps in the air, like shoot, I do archery and stuff. So I was like, on a trampoline shooting down a bow and then landing, combat rolling, then running. So shit like that, which was really fun. But then we also had some amazing female stunt performers that came in to do the bulk of Aloy's stuff. And they were like, you know, wrestling on top of things. It's really fun. Did you ever get a chance to play that game? That was another one where I was the first in the world, by the way, humble brag. Really? (laughs) Really? Damn, man. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Shit. It's my job, okay? Come on. Well, you should start talking about me and start talking about your gaming (laughs) career. That sounds amazing. (laughs) That sounds pretty fucking awesome. Um, Yeah, so uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I haven't haven't played it, which is insane. This thing's going to fall. Hang on a second. Sorry. Just gonna do that. There we go. You don't want to see it back there. It's, you don't want to see what's in, down that hole. Um, so, uh, yeah, the um, Horizon Zero Dawn I haven't played yet. I'm still looking forward to playing it. Again, it's like it's it's kind of weird with all these games that I have them. They're sitting there. They're downloaded. <laughs> but the I just time. The it's the time. time, man. I know. It's the time. It's an really RPG. Dedicate. It's not easy to it's get an RPG, through. Yeah. You know, I still haven't. I've only got like a third of the way through Red Dead Two. I love that game. That's like my cowboy fantasy, man. So, you know, it's hard to play more than just five, ten minutes of a game here and there. It's why I started streaming, actually, to see my friends and to play games properly. <laughs> so I can actually, like, no, 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 this is work. This is definitely work. I can, I'm working right now, playing games for two hours. I'm working, I'm working. So yeah, that's why I think did I started you, streaming. Did you get inspiration from Brian? Because their community, I tell you what, on Twitch, that's the most positive community I've ever seen. On a yeah, I mean, I've known known Brian the whole way through his like game career now, um, and I told him in Paris in the studio after we, I think it was the day before we were going to rap, or I was going to rap. I said, "This is going to be fucking huge for you. Just you wait, and it's you're not going to know what's going to hit you, but use the opportunity and you know do what you do best, be you, and be your glorious, lovely person that you are, 
and it's going to be amazing. And he's created, he and Amelia have created this really incredibly wholesome, lovely, hugely popular kind of Huge. massive online community. I mean, I think he single-handedly bumped up the sales by some margin based on him just being him outside of the game, you know? Um, they're amazing. Of Detroit, they're really you reckon? Cool oh, without a doubt, his community literally bumped the sales up. I have, I have no doubt that Detroit is... And it is a great game. It is an amazing masterpiece of a game. I really believe that. Mm. But I also think that Brian himself and Amelia had a direct impact on the game sales because oh. of... Their community, you know, it was such a cool thing. I wouldn't put a pass for sure. Yeah, I believe it. And it was, it also came out on um, PC. That would have helped as well. What about Until Dawn, mate? Because I know you did stuff for that. I'm just rattling off some of my favorite yeah. games here. That you know, you've been in <laughs> half of them, so <laughs> we completed all of them first. Um, so. I'm not the first for that one. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a boring. One. Um, yeah, I played. Uh, I did performance capture for Chris. Yeah. Um, and I did a tiny bit of Mike. Um, but not very much. And I think that was actually predominantly all I did. I was on that for only five months. And there were a lot of other actors that came in and out. And they'd actually, the interesting thing about that game is that they, they already made the game for the PS3. Um, there's a buddy of mine, uh, Tony Morley, and a great friend of mine, Jessica Jeffries, who's now a fantastic performance capture casting director. She's actually one of the few in the UK that is dedicated to performance capture. She's amazing. Wow. Um, but she was, a, she was a performer back in the day. And she and Tony, Tony's actually retired from performance capture now. He's, I miss him terribly because I started like around when he was still working. But he and her, they spent a, a long time on the PS3 version. And they, they pretty much canned most of that footage and then redid it for the new generation launch. Wow. Uh, the PS4. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I came into it, they'd already shot like most of the game, they're just re redoing it, um, which is pretty wild. So that That's was expensive, interesting isn't it? Into it? Yeah, but you know, I kind of, I really saw the point of it. They used a lot of the stuff they already had, obviously, but they just wanted to do a lot more again. And mm. actually, I think they pretty much they shot the entire game again, actually. I'm not, I mean, that's an exaggeration. Yep. Certainly, I shot a ton of stuff for Chris. And I also did a little bit of the killer as well, the killer in the early part of the game. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. It's been out for a long time, but I don't still want to spoil it. But yeah, the sort of killer with the the fire extinguisher thing, yeah, and the gas extinguisher, and all that kind of stuff. It's um, it's funny because fun. Rami Malek was in that, and then now he's gone it's amazing. on. Amazing, isn't that crazy? He's amazing. But when we saw him in the game, he just done, I think, um, the Pacific. And I remember seeing him in Pacific, going, "Who the fuck is that?" Because he's incredible. And I saw his footage, of the, obviously we saw all the footage that was being made because we were just doing performance capture matching to their voiceover and yeah. facial movement that was shot in LA. Yeah. I remember watching him going, wow, this guy is just tearing it up. And it's, and it's a game, you know, where a lot of people sometimes get dismissive over just doing a game or whatever. He wasn't, he was in it. It was like, fuck. He stands out, doesn't terrific. he? He's so good. He's so good. Like there's no other, no yeah. one close to him. Do you know what I mean? It's it's Rami he's Malik. Definitely, yeah, he's Rami Malik, and I think I think it's a really amazing experience as an as an artist to to find yourself in a position where people can say that you are genuinely a unique voice. I don't think it happens mm. very often no. in in any acting any part of the acting industry or entertainment industry, or even for directors actually, for that matter. You know, there are lots of directors that are very very talented, but there's some directors that are just so unique. 
they just create something wild, you know, quite amazing. So, yeah. I'll give you a couple more, mate. And I, once again, I really appreciate your time and, and your no, generous, no um, being so generous with us. Everyone's absolutely loved it. Um, well, what about you. movies and TV? Anything you've watched lately that you can recommend to us? I, I finally got into The Expanse. I'm digging oh, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like it, actually. Um, worth I think a watch? it's really interesting what they've been doing. Yeah, totally worth a watch. Um, I, I rinsed in The uh, Invincible, which was cool. I haven't watched I really it yet. Invincible. Everyone keeps telling me. I liked it. There's a couple of episodes that are a bit meh. But yep. on the whole, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's a whole bunch of I wanted you to want to watch The Underground Railroad. I haven't started that. Joel Edgerton, so that, yeah. Yeah, I think that, I hope it's good because it's such a heavy subject. It's an important mm. subject to talk about as well. So I hope they get it right because I think it's very it's, – I, I knew a fair amount about The un, Underground Railroad uh, just because it's, like, interesting, you know. So I hope they find the balance right and they get it right because it's that- an important subject matter that actually a lot of people don't know – especially in like in Europe, I don't think we're that aware of how bad it's been in America for African-Americans and just other displaced nations, um, nationals, sorry, that are American, but have very little understanding of their heritage, you know, because it just was eradicated. Um, mm. So I think it's important to the people watch things like that. Um, there's also like a whole, I would love to say I'm an Antiques Roadshow fan, but that's just not true. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, just, that's a lie. I want to be interesting. And, no, <laughs> but again, it's like TV. You don't get that much time, man. You know, so I don't get a huge amount of time to watch TV either. So, yeah. You're trying to push through the games, let alone all the shows and movies. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Dude. You sort of got to pick. Oh, you got to try and pick one, but then, yeah, I don't know. Like I said before, you got to pick your battles. Like today, yeah. I'm going to play an hour, three or 35 minutes of this game. That's all I'm going to do, you know. <laughs> Sure. Uh, um, who do you look up into the industry, mate? Like, is it is it a Troy Baker, Nolan North? Is it a Rob Paul? Who's who's I met Nolan. I've met I've met Troy. I love them both. I think they're really fucking talented. Um, I like the fact that I, I I look up to Andy Circus a lot. I met obviously I worked and met with Andy. Um, he was amazing to kind of to get to know when I, my time at Imaginarium. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that I've been in this industry for a while now and spending 11 years in performance capture and, and games it's weird that i suddenly realized that i'm kind of one of the old guys you know um you want like to be old this a, kind <laughs> of yeah a little bit so i look up to a lot of actors like i look up to michael fassbender i look up to tom hardy i look up to you know richard burton i look up to like yeah. you know gary oldman i look up to like all these amazing yeah i look up to you know samuel L. jackson all these like really amazing fucking hell these amazing actors Woody Harrelson, all those kind of cats, right? Um, there's, uh, there are many favorites, by the way. I'm not just picking them out because they're my all-time favorites. There are many favorites, you know, Sidney Poitier or whatever. Um, but it's interesting being in performance capture that actually I'm on the flip side of it. I'm, I've been here for a long time. I've gone through maybe 100 projects or something more, either in voice, mocap, performance capture. So in my world of performance capture, like, yes, there's... No, um, Nolan North and uh, Troy Baker and a whole slew of amazing talent. Um, but I'm sort of up there in terms of experience. Oh, yeah. So so from my point of view, like, I don't know if I draw inspiration from many people in performance capture. Yeah, I yeah. definitely look at the actors and go, wow, you're incredible. I have so much to learn from you and what in your stuff and the way you approach your work. And, like, I'm a huge fan of... Um, uh, there's a lot, you know, I could keep talking about a huge fans of lots of different actors, but it's kind of no point. So in terms of performance captures, 
not really. No, I don't really get inspiration from people in performance capture because I'm sort of in it and, and working in it a lot. Let me rephrase um, the question. Is there someone yeah. that you've seen lately in PCAP that has made you go, wow, they're the next star. They know what they're doing here. Maggie Robertson. Maggie. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think Nicole Tompkins is great as well. I worked with her. I was obviously as Jill, uh, Jill Valentine. Um, Jeff Shine's just the coolest motherfucker you've ever met. <laughs> Jeff Shine can say anything. He could read out the label, the ingredients of shoe polish, and somehow make it sound fucking cool. I re- <laughs> I've yet to learn that skill. If you know what, there is somebody that inspires me. Jeff Shine inspires me to learn how to say anything in a cool way. I don't know how to do that. So, <laughs> so Jeff Shine, I look up to. You can tell him that if you speak to him. You should get him Yeah, I need to get him on. I miss his voice. His voice is just yeah. disgusting. Disgustingly good. So yeah, yeah. So um, but yeah, there's, I, I kind of I call people kids. It's not that's probably very patronizing. <laughs> there is a lot of like I'm going to say it anyway. There's a lot of very very cool kids coming through um, performance caption now, especially because actors see it. Well, not actors, sorry. People see it as the art, as the art that it is. It's not just an artistic endeavor. It's fucking art, and it's all performance capture really in a way. Not just you know mocap performance capture are technically different, but it's all performance. So there's a lot of cool young people coming through. Um, I work with a, a person called uh, Cheryl Berniston, who's a great young actor. There's Katrina Durden, who's an amazing martial artist and actor. Ciara Poor is another martial artist actor that works now in performance capture. Uh, Lucas E. White, uh, Wayne Gordon is like super cool. So and there's a lot of coming through. There's a lot coming through, man. And Michael mm. Redmond is, is stellar. You should definitely watch out for him. I've worked with him twice, once in Sweden at Goodbye Kansas and on this other project we did together. Because uh, I Burrows has been around for actually probably almost as long as I have, and she's done some amazing work. She was an alien isolation. There's some oh, wow. like amazing talent coming through. And, oh, and not to mention all the American uh, talent and, and you know people from France and stuff coming through. I think the Brits and the Americans have really got performance capture. Though. I think we, because of our theatre film background, we've done a lot more. It kind of makes more sense to us, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a lot more talent, obviously, from, from that world anyway. But I think Americans and the Brits are doing pretty well in performance capture because of our shared theatre film thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is an amalgamation of those two things. But I would love to work more with um, Japanese actors and uh, European actors as well. I mean, Detroit Become Human, they had so many talented kids in it. Holy shit. Um, and French actors as well that were just stellar. So, um, yeah, there's a lot coming through now, which is gratifying. So do you just look back at your career so far and you're just blessed, just thankful? Yeah, man. shit, yeah. yeah. On paper, I would should never, if I was just TV and film, I would never play these roles. Like, there's no way I Isn't should be given half of these roles. It's fucking wild. It's great. But that's it what makes it so cool. Yeah, it really is. It means that I get to play the characters I would probably never play in TV and film, and the character actor actors would get to play the hero get to play the 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 roles they were never necessarily given because maybe they didn't look right for the hero or whatever you know they get to play that now um i think it's really important this is a pure way of acting i'm a huge i'm a passionate advocate for performance capture for performance capture because it's a very pure way of acting you're spending like 12 hours you can spend 10 hours a day acting with a five minute change in between each scene and you get rehearsal time as well and it's like theater because there's bare props, no background. Nothing looks like as it should. So you have to fill all the blanks with your imagination. But it's like film because you've got an HMC on and it's all a close-up, except it's all a wide because the cameras can be anywhere and they're capturing the whole, whoops, shit, capturing the whole space of the volume. 
So it's like everything. It's just you're on. You're in the you're in the round, and you also might have a virtual camera here. Mm. It's just fucking mind blowing. It's like fourth dimensional. It capture shit, everything. Right? Mm. Capture everything. Not only that, five actors can play one role. <laughs> you know, As you said, voice, yeah, skinning, stunts, uh, uh, maybe a specialist skill, and maybe uh, the, an actor doing the bulk of the dramatic stuff, but not doing the voice. Maybe five different performers all collaborating for one role. It's fucking cool. It's funny because I uploaded the mo- uh, the behind the scenes motion capture for Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. It's on about three point yeah. five million views. And, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, and the people. It's surprising to me how many comments were like they didn't know the behind the scenes of gaming. I oh, couldn't okay. believe it. That's cool. But that's yeah. good that people are now seeing it and getting introduced to this stuff, so they know I hope it's so. not just voice acting. You know, definitely. I think for a long time. Listen, I didn't get into mocap performance capture to be well known and famous, right? I don't yeah. think anybody does in their right mind. I didn't, you know, because nobody's going to walk down the street and go, "Hey, you." The way that your ass moves left and right like that, you're the guy who played the thing and the thing. You did the motion for that guy, right? I know that ass. I know that ass. <laughs> Honey, it's the ass. The ass I was telling you about. That's him. He plays. That doesn't happen, do that. No. <laughs> no, it never happens. It's never happened. It never will happen, right? So, <laughs> so we didn't do that. We did it because it was pure acting. It was just play and character work. It was fun. It still is fun, you know? So this is a really lovely way for actors to spend more time acting in a day's work, in a working day, than you ever get in TV and film. And, and that's not because for any bad reason, just that film, you have a lot of setup. The lighting has to be just right. You have a location move, large numbers of people. That are, it could be a big spectacle. Or TV, you know, there's lots of different things, shooting maybe different units shooting simultaneously, or mm. theatre where you're doing complete run of the entire piece once or maybe twice if you're doing a matter thing. In performance capture... You're shooting from maybe 9.30 by the time you get ready. So you arrive at 7.38, get ready. Maybe you're ready to roll at 9, ready to rock and roll at 9. Then maybe you don't break to lunch, like 1 o'clock. And then you're going straight through to like 4.35, 30, maybe. And that whole time yeah. you're acting in the volume, playing a whole bunch of different characters. Yeah, well. I mean, it's great. I love it. You know. So advice, just be professional, work hard. And get be there dick. on time. Hey. <laughs> don't, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. That's yeah. basically the advice I give you. Be on time. Be professional. Do your research. Learn. Try and learn a craft. Like don't. Like nobody falls into acting in that way. You can fall into it, but then you should really learn craft. You know. Mm. Uh, train your body to be malleable. It doesn't have to be perfect shape. It doesn't have to be like amazing, but it should be malleable and 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 useful. Get a useful body. If you want to do mocap learn skill sets like weapon work, gun work, uh, military tactics, uh, climbing, yoga, like all this kind of stuff, right? Yep. If you want to do more performance capture work, then cool, learn to develop your voice, make sure you have a vocal warm-ups, make sure you can do a range of accents, make sure you understand creature um, work for mocap and character study for performance capture. I mean, everything to do with acting and a little bit of stunts and action, learn it all if that's what you want to do. And know that it is not, I'm a rarity, I'm touch wood, I probably say this, I'll be out of work forever, but I'm a rarity in the industry. There's not many of us that make our living predominantly in voiceover. I was going to say that, yeah. You are like an anomaly there. There's a few of us out there, so I'm not the only person. But not many, Not many of us, not many of us, not really, no. Again, very, very, very lucky, very grateful, very blessed to be able to say that. But also, I didn't fall into your lap. You've worked hard. 
as we all know. Yeah, I worked my ass off. I can definitely say <laughs> I worked my ass off for this. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, mate, you. it's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, if you want it's to follow great. Neil, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, you can also get a cameo from Heisenberg yeah, or sure. any yeah, other character. That. Yeah, sure. Um, a few. <laughs> I think it's Neil Newborn on everything, pretty much. Yeah, I was it lucky down. that nobody... Nobody had a. I have a TikTok account that I will never use because I do not understand TikTok. TikTok is where I stop. We go. Just explain it to me one more time. What? I've got. I've so, got one. I never use it, and I checked it the other day, and I got twenty thousand followers. I didn't do right. anything. It's just just waiting for you to do that one thing. It's like I don't. I don't understand. I don't really get. I mean, I get many things in life, but TikTok is. TikTok is just a trip too far. I think for me at the moment. Maybe who knows? I'll have a midlife crisis and go TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> uh, never say never, man. Never say never, you know. Well, I hope you enjoyed yourself, brother. It's been great. Thank you so much for letting me talk <laughs> a lot, <laughs> which I do. It's been really nice to meet you, and thank you very much you for too, asking man. questions. If you're um, ever in a you know, down under, we need a beer. I actually, one of my one of my really close old school friends, I'm still in touch with, uh, is lives in. I think he's moved from Sydney up north now into Byron, I think, or something near the Golden hey. Coast. So, yeah, you never know, man. My cousins live in New Zealand anyway, so I'll definitely be around that oh, nice. at some point. Yeah, yeah. So you never Sorry, know. I cut you what, off before. You what were you saying? Huh? I cut you off before. What were you saying? I have no memory. Oh, I don't know. okay. I don't know what it was about. Squirrel. I don't know what I was talking about. Um, but I've got a buddy in, in Sydney, I think it is. So, yeah, I'll definitely. If I'm around, definitely come and see you, man. Oh, Whereabouts are you, anyway? I'm in Melbourne. I know, yeah. Melbourne, I know Australia. Melbourne. Sophisticated. Very sophisticated city. Yeah. <laughs> but I was born, born in Sydney. But um, mm. yeah, in Melbourne. I'm always in Sydney, though, every other day, but um, before pandemic. Great. Mate, look, again, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Dan, for asking me on the first place. And thank you for everybody in the RE community for like welcoming into their, like, you know, bloody like bosoms and all that kind of stuff and all the blood and guts flying around and i'm really glad that everybody liked my work i really appreciate that and supportive of of our endeavor in re um and yeah just thanks for for welcoming all of the actors myself included into the family it's been really fun uh, it's also great that like the, the entire cast are very genuine and nice people yeah you know, they really are Aaron, they Chris, really yeah so, yeah. um, in fact, well, many of us still speak to each other like out of work. Like, we still, I mean, definitely myself and uh, Stephen Ebley and Jeff and Nicole, we are a mocap family. This is our mocap family. And um, we have new, cap, new members of the mocap family now as well. But we, we've been friends ever since that first game. And we speak to each other every month. I speak to Nicole and Jeff and Steve every month, yeah, at least. Now, are you, you're do, are you doing a live signing? I heard you, you were doing a live yes, signing. Yes, I am. Feel I'm free to do, do it on signing. here if you need. If you need a platform. <laughs> I, I might well do. I'm, I'm not sure how to go about it, but we're going to sort it out. But um, Maggie Robinson and I are going to do a live signing, a duo signing. Nice. We think it's the Saturday the 29th. I think it is what we decided. Nice. I think. But we haven't gone live with our socials yet. But that will be a live signing. You can get a duo print for myself and Maggie and also our single prints as well. Mag, go get Maggie's. I'm just there for the ride. It's fine. But Mag, like Maggie's. I hope amazing. your arm's so, ready, mate. Yeah. You're going to be doing I'm, a lot I'm, of stuff. That's exactly what I said to Maggie. <laughs> you guys <laughs> better be ready. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But she deserves it. I mean, she is, she is a truly a great, great young. And she's young, man. She's like fresh out the box, pretty much. She's done a few jobs, but not that much. So it's amazing. 
amazing. Same thing with Nicole Tompkins. Nicole, Nicole wasn't new. She'd done quite a lot of work beforehand. But to see Nicole, see Brian, to see, this is what I'm talking about. I've been around for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I saw yeah, Brian yeah. like shoot up, see Nicole shoot up. It's going to happen to Maggie now as well, I hope. So it's really, really heartening to see like fellow actors just go stratospheric. And awesome. I like being the sort of, you know, I like being the, the supporting dude that's always sort of multi-role and yeah, around yeah. And just being mischievous. Do you know what I mean? The background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of nice to see people do that. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> Dry here says, Neil, you're welcome in the RE community. You're just amazing. You're oh, amazing. You Love your Appreciate voice. It. Great job, Neil. Great voice. Thanks, amazing Mark. actor. Thank amazing you. skills. I mean, it just goes on, like I said before, mate. So thank you. Really appreciate that. Thank um, you and uh, look, I have, before you go, I do have to ask one favor. I need. I need. Yeah, I'm going to ask you: Can Heisenberg say something to Dan to round this off? Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like part of the family. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, do you? What do you? Do you want me to say? Oh no, whatever you want, but okay, whatever comes sure. to the top right. of your head. Look, Ethan, you got it all wrong. Dan Allen Gaming is the best fucking show on the planet. You just, you just gotta come with me on this thing. Otherwise, uh, I'm gonna chop your balls off, right? How's that? (laughs) I can do it more succinct if you like. Oh man, that's amazing. Thank you, brother. Let's find out if Dan Allen Gaming really is the best fucking show in town. <laughs> oh mate well look it's been a pleasure i'll definitely have you back at some point if you yeah, if you'll do. come back yeah. Um, yeah of course yeah whenever you want man just ask that's great and i'll be i'll be popping into your stream whenever you stream next thanks very much thank you yeah it's just again it's just neil newborn and i think we're doing like a role play game on sunday which isn't everybody's cup of tea so don't worry about that um but that's on sunday and then tuesdays and thursdays fridays i usually like to pop in and out as well but yeah, you're most welcome. Thanks a lot, Dan. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Look, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, mate. See you around. Take it easy. See you, folks. Thank you. Bye.